Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of Bible and Breakfast with Basketball Dads. I'm really excited for uh, today's guest with Joe Esposito. Um, I first met Coach Esposito when he was on staff at, at Minnesota, and he hired me to work basketball camp there, and um, have really enjoyed getting to know him ever since. He's been a great friend and uh, someone who's who's always there to uh, encourage you and make you laugh. So, uh, Coach E, I'm really excited to have you on today. Appreciate you being here. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, so I know it's early there out in, out in Las Vegas, so I'm sorry to get you up so early. But um, I was wondering, Coach, I know, you know, like uh, like many of us over the last over the last few years, you've kind of had a, a crazy journey in the coaching realm. Um, I was wondering if you could just share a little bit about your journey and, um, you know, kind of how you've had to put your faith and rely on God a little bit through that. No question. First of all, Las Vegas never sleeps. So <laughs> picking up early is doesn't mean anything. Um, nice. You know, I've been blessed to have an incredible journey in, in college basketball and, and coaching in general. Um, you know, when I grew up, I always wanted to be a basketball coach. I can remember when I was a little boy, I was watching the New York Knicks. I would turn the TV on and I'd lower the volume and I'd pretend I was coaching Walt Frazier and Earl Monroe and, <laughs> and all those great, great Knicks. Um, so coaching was always in my blood. Um, I grew up in a, in a unique household in that my dad was a clergyman. My dad was one of the first deacons uh, ordained in the Catholic Church. And uh, I had the opportunity to be around my mom and dad that ran the religious education program in high school uh, and junior high and all through the times that I grew up. I went to Catholic school all the way through college. So I was growing through a Christian family with strong values. Uh, my mom and dad ended up um, helping spearhead a building a church in Florida when they retired. And um, that church today has over 4,000 parishioners. It's in the villages, a retirement community. Unfortunately, we lost my dad last November um, to Alzheimer's, which was just a terrible disease. Um, but his faith and the way that he uh, worked as a man and a person and all the things that he did really kind of shaped me um, and I think helped me build to what I am doing now in my career. Um, I started off as a high school coach at Roosevelt High School in Hyde Park, New York. From there, I went to uh, Assumption College um, in Massachusetts, and I worked my way up from being a GA all the way to being the head coach. Um, after Assumption College, I went to Tennessee State University, which for me was a fantastic stop. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tennessee State, but it's a historically black school. Mm -hmm. It's an all-white conference, the Ohio Valley Conference. Mm -hmm. And for me to walk on that campus, I was the minority. Um, I had an opportunity to learn what it's like to be a minority on a campus, which so many of our student athletes deal with um, in all these different realms in college. So for me, it was great. And even now, it's a crazy times we're going through with divided uh, races and all the stuff that's happening right now through all the sad things that we're seeing on TV in the last couple of days. Um, that was a great experience at Tennessee State for me. Um, after Tennessee State, I was very, very fortunate to get a head coaching job at Division II Angelo State. And uh, that was exciting. Um, I was a head coach and able to build a program and realize that, hey, you know, I can do this. Um, this is something I wanted to do. Because I remember growing up and I said, I want to be a basketball coach. They said, Joe, how many short, fat, white guys are basketball coaches? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just believed and believed that God would have a plan for me because that was my passion. So after Angelo State, I took a year off and went to a high school in the Florida, actually the villages where my mom and dad were. Um, just because it was time, we had an athletic change, uh, athletic director change at Angelo State. 
and we had some cuts in scholarships and I just didn't feel the direction of the program was where I wanted to be. So I went to the villages and from there it kind of bloomed. Um, I was offered a job at Cal State Riverside and I accepted it for two days. And then two day, a day later, um, Tubby Smith called. And I can remember Jim Walridge, who was the head coach of Riverside, telling me, hey, if Tubby called me, I would go too. You need to go with Tubby. So I went to Minnesota and Minnesota was a great move. I was very fortunate uh, to be with Tubby Smith and from Minnesota. Then Tubby took me to Texas Tech and we were able to build something special there and got that program off and running. You know, they, people don't realize that Texas Tech was a bottom barrel Big 12 school, four yeah. different coaches in four years. Um, you know, uh, it was a mess. They finished last place, I guess it was four years in a row. And we go in there and after year three, we take it to the NCAA tournament. And then Coach Smith is blessed to get the Memphis job, which was, you know, pretty much life-changing financially. Mm -hmm. um, job that he had to take. It helped all of us. And we really expected to be in Memphis a little longer than two years. But it just happened to work out that way. And then I went to UNLV to work with one of my best buddies in the business, Marvin Menzies. Unfortunately, Marvin got let go. And then this last year, I sat out. It was a good year for me to reflect and to look at everything that's happened and what I really want to do. And I was blessed and really lucky to get the opportunity to help with ESPN and, and work with them and do uh, radio on two different radio shows and be a basketball analyst. And uh, that was awesome. And it was a good experience. But it really made me realize that college basketball or high school basketball or junior college basketball, whatever it may be, is my calling. And now in my career, after doing it for over 30 years, I think it's time to give back to the game and give back to young men and try to go out there and be a good mentor and, and be a good character coach for players. And so I'm looking forward to getting back in and I plan on getting back in this year. It was a tough year. It's a tough year right now to get a job because of this coronavirus. Yeah. Um, and all the things that have happened, there hasn't been a lot of movement in college basketball. I think next year will be a, a monumental year for movement, but I've got a few things working. I will be on the sidelines uh, making an announcement soon where I'm going, but I'm looking forward to it and hopefully, uh, you know, things will work out. But like you said, it's, I've been lucky. I've, I've been, I've been fortunate. Um, you know, I think your faith is something as a, as a coach that you got to believe that God's going to plan for you. Just like in, in the Bible verse in Jeremiah, where it says, I know the plans I have for you though. That's an important deal to me because I know God's got my back and he's going to take care of me through the profession. And, and uh, you know, it's been, it's been great. And I've been able to help young men develop and do a lot of positive things. And, I feel if, if basketball ended today, I know that it was a career that I really enjoyed and it was a blessing. But I know that there's more years for me um, to coach in this profession. Yeah. Well, I love that, Coach. And I know, you know, it's always been encouraging to see because you have you've been in a lot of places the last few years. And I know some tough situations with that, but always seeing you, you know, post a Bible verse or, or a worship song, something like that. Um, and you're, you're really showing your faith through that. And I love it. Um, you know, you, you said you worked for Tubby Smith, and that's where I first got to know you. And I remember when one year we were working uh, camp. I was at camp, and we were in the cafeteria, and I remember a kid dropped his food all over the floor. And, you know, a lot of a lot of kids were laughing. A lot of kids were, were making fun of this kid. But, you know, Tubby Smith was the first guy who got down on his hands and knees and cleaned up this kid's mess and made him feel, you know, like it was an accident. And just that was one of the first times that I, I saw servant leadership you know, just lived out in a coach. And I was wondering if you had any, any stories, you know, from Tubby Smith where you learned, you know, a leadership lesson or, or something that you saw him do that changed your philosophy, your mindset as a coach. 
Well, I think every single day working for him, I worked for Tubby for over a decade. Mm -hmm. I think every single year working for him, you would see how he would just be so generous and how he would give um, his shirt off his back for anybody. Um, even me, when I was going through the tough time and not having a job, I mean, there was time there where I didn't have anything. And uh, Tubby was right there to support and help and, and give you good advice and do whatever he had to do to make you know make you feel comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. Through my whole career, I was I'm just so blessed to have worked with him. He's one of the fine gentlemen in the profession. There, there's no question. I mean, I don't think you can find a better guy. Um, you know, he's a guy that's got a, a great faith, and and uh, he he's a guy that stands up for what he believes in. And uh, I I couldn't be is I was so blessed and lucky to work for a guy like Tubby Smith because he does things incredibly. The biggest thing I took away from Tubby was. You know, he had this great quote. He always said, um, the softest pillow at night is a clear conscience. And that directly relating to cheating in college athletics and all the cheating that's gone on and all these um, different things that you see happening where players getting paid and all, just all the controversies that go on in recruiting. I can tell you that we never cheated anywhere we were with Tubby. Um, no question. He, he just wouldn't do that. He didn't think it was worth it, and he believed in morals and values and all the things that were important. So uh, I, I feel comfortable, and, and to tell you that, you know, I've never had a violation in college basketball just because um, that's not what it's meant to be about, and it's not the kind of role model you want to be for these young men. So as far as specific stories that I can remember with Tubby, um, you know, just any kind of day you were with him, you, you would see something exciting. Like he would stop. I can remember I counted like 30 or 40 times in one day we went recruiting that I took selfies with, not selfies, but <laughs> I, they gave me his phone. Yeah. And I would, uh, I would take pictures of him and fans. Yeah. Um, whenever we would go to the bus, whether we're on the road at Michigan State or we're on the road at Kansas, there would be fans there with, with items for him to sign, like, you know, the, the, the ESPN magazine or Sports Illustrated when he won the national championship or a ball or – he would sign every single one of them. You know, we would not leave until Tubby would sign those balls or whatever it may be because he wanted to always give back because he felt so blessed. Um, so, you know, it was just, it was just great to see that. And, and as you talk about young kids in camp and, you know, we had camps obviously everywhere we were, every school we were, and he was so good to those young people. Those, those kids really enjoyed being around him and he's someone you can look, look up to. And I can honestly tell you, but I became a better person, a better man, a better father, a way better coach. Um, and all the things are important because of Tubby Smith. Yeah, that's awesome. And, I, you know, I, I can echo that even though I didn't get to work with him every day. You know, being able to be around you guys and your staff at camps, you know, I know you guys made an impact on me as a young coach, uh, just seeing the integrity and the servanthood that you guys all did. So um, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I know – you know, you have some kids of your own, you know, your son, a really good baseball player, your daughter wrestles. Um, how have you kind of taken some of these coaching lessons that you've learned as a college basketball coach? And how have you, you know, translate that into being a dad and helping your kids uh, with their careers in sports? Well, you know, as far as that goes, you know, I think it's so important that parents understand that, you know, you don't want to live through your child. I mean, I think my, my son, my first, you know, Jordan, when he was younger, and he was playing baseball and stuff and basketball. He played pretty much everything. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I can remember when he was a little boy and he played soccer and he had like 12 goals one game. 
and I can remember just you know how proud you are of your your, your child and and you want them to be athletic, especially if you're a coach. Yeah. I think for me the best thing was none of them went into college basketball. You know, my daughter just signed a scholarship to wrestle. I remember the here's a here's a story for you. I remember when uh, my daughter called me. We're at the University of Memphis. I'm in my office, and the phone rings to my daughter, and Shay calls me and says, "Hey, Dad, um, I think I'm going to go out for the wrestling team." And I said, "What? The wrestling team?" And she said, "Yes, yeah, she was a sophomore at the time in high school." And I said, "You don't want to wrestle? Who wants to roll around on a mat with sweaty girls?" And I mean, I think that's disgusting. I mean, there's no way you want to wrestle. And she's like, "Dad, I think I want to do it. You know, I think it would be a lot of fun." And uh, I said, man, you're crazy. We'll talk tonight. So after that, I hung up the phone with her. I walked down to Tubby's office. And I walked into Tubby's office and I said, hey, coach. He goes, what's going on, man? And I said, I just got on the phone with Shay. You're not going to believe this. She wants to wrestle. And he goes, man, that's fantastic. I said, what? I said, what are you talking about? He says, I think that's great. It gives her such something to do that she's one-on-one. She's an individual. It gives her pride gives her a sense of leadership, gives her a sense of, you know, winning and losing and competing. And man, that's great. And I was like, coach, are you serious? She's going to roll around with sweaty girls on a mat? He goes, Joe, I think it'd be great for Shay. She would love it. And let it be known that now she's got a scholarship to go to college in Kansas to wrestle. And uh, so I guess the lesson that I learned there was no matter what your children want to do, no matter if it's wrestle, no matter if it's play the trombone, whatever it may be, you got to be supportive as a parent. And I think those are great things to understand. And, and you know, when you're coaching young men, and, and I've coached so many different guys and coming from so many different uh, situations, um, you got to be respected, respectful enough to understand that they don't have the same upbringing that you had. You know, they, they didn't grow up with my dad, you know, Deacon Bob, and, and they didn't grow up in a Catholic church maybe or a Christian environment, or they didn't, invi- didn't grow up in a... In, in a in a situation that was comfortable. Sometimes they'd go home and didn't know if they were going to eat. Or sometimes you're my former players, you know, didn't have a bed to sleep on until they were 15. Or wow. no matter what it was, was you understand that some people are less fortunate. So as a coach, um, all those lessons help because you can help upbring um, those people and, and help them develop. So um, the lessons have been invaluable. Uh, they really have been. I think that uh, you learn so much as a coach and you want to go out there and help and then you see when you have your own children, you know, you don't spend as much time. You know, I, I regret a lot of the things that I'm on the road recruiting and doing all these different things, trying to build my program. You know, as a coach, you sometimes spend more time with the players than your own kids. And as a, a veteran coach, I would tell young coaches that when you have your children to make sure that you do a really good job of being there for them as well, because, you know, that's really, really important. I can remember when I was at Angelo State, my, my boys were really young. I would try to practice um, at night after they went to sleep um, because I thought it would give me some time to be with them, have dinner with them every night. Um, so I would go really early in the morning to practice. We'd have a 5 or 6 a.m. walkthrough or whatever. Then I'd go through the day, come home, be with my kids, eat dinner, and then go back um, at night for practice. And I kept telling everybody, I think you should practice when you play. If you play at 7 o'clock at night, why wouldn't you practice at 7 o'clock at night? So I, I always rationalized it that way. But in retrospect, it was really I wanted to be with my kids for dinner and put them to sleep. Um, so there's nothing better than raising kids. And um, it's funny how as they get older, you seem to get dumber. 
But uh, <laughs> you, you know, I think it's a, a great, a great thing. And being a coach and knowing that what's important is how you raise your children and, and being the right role model for them. It's the same thing you do with, you know, young people in, in college basketball. You want to be there for them, no question. Yeah, no, that's such a great piece of advice because I know, you know, obviously, especially for young coaches, you want to be, you know, that grinder, someone who works all the time in the office all the time. You feel like that's kind of what's going to get you to where you want to be. But, you know, you you know, for me, once I had, you know, my girls and you start, they start getting older and you start realizing what, you know, what's really important and that time with them is so invaluable. So I appreciate, appreciate that advice and um, that's really good for people to hear. Um, one more question, Coach. I know you started, you know, you've been cooking a lot lately. I've seen on your on your Twitter you've been posting some videos of, of cooking with Keto Joe. Would you mind just sharing a little bit um, about that, you know, wh- why you started that and uh, where people can watch that? Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because I, I just I've had a lot more time than I normally have. I yeah. have time on my hands. And uh, as I'm getting older, you know, I've always been a heavy. And as I've been getting older, I've always, you know, I've always been really up and down with my weight. And uh, so I decided that, you know, I was going to go on a keto diet, um, which Marvin Menzies was really the guy that kind of stirred me onto it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, I, I just like to cook. I've always liked to cook. And, you know, everybody thinks college basketball coaches, that's all they do is coach basketball. But I always felt like it would be a unique thing that if, you, if a college basketball coach or a coach in general can cook, it's kind of cool. You know, who would think that? So I call it the coach that cooks. And um, so I started a YouTube channel and I've got a bunch of, you know, shows out there already where, you know, I make cool things that are keto friendly. And I've already lost, I guess, today, actually, I got on a scale before I came on here. I've been down, down 35 pounds. Wow. That's and awesome. uh, Yeah. So it's awesome. And I want to lose a bunch of weight and I want to get myself in shape. And, you know, I always feel like that's something that's hindered me a little bit because you, know, you don't want to be, you know, it's, yeah, it's great that, oh, this heavy guy can coach and he's short and I'm not the stereotypical looking coach. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, um, I got to think about my health and my kids and, and I want to feel healthy and do things. So I'm going to finally get this done for the last time and, and I'm going to do it through my YouTube channel so people can see that you can do it as well. You don't have to be a chef to make these kind of foods. So not only am I doing that, though, I'm also incorporating some basketball stuff. Um, I just posted a, a couple of days ago a basketball lob out of bounds, underneath out of bounds play um, that I posted and, and had an opportunity to do that. And at the end of that video, I've got a nice tribute to a lot of players that I recruited. And, uh, you know, actually, there's one player in particular, uh, Kareem Azab, who I recruited to Memphis. He was from Egypt. And uh, he ended up getting leukemia and dying right before I left to go mm. to UNLV. And uh, just a sad, sad story to see a 22-year-old lose their life over just a terrible disease like that. So cooking with Keto Joe is great. Anybody that wants to get on there, just look for me on you know Cooking with Keto Joe, the coach that cooks. And uh, you'll find me on YouTube. And definitely subscribe. And, and if you're a basketball guy um, or a woman and whatever you do, I'm going to have a lot of basketball stuff on there as well. And, uh, you know, I try to make it funny and do some things that are cool. And uh, it's been fun. It really has been. Um, and then, like I said before, I'm looking to coach. Um, I've got a few things in a hopper. And uh, I think, to be honest with you, I'm probably going to be a high school coach um, uh, in, the, in, the coming for the, in the future. Um, I really want to give back. And I think one of the things I can really give back in high school is helping young men find scholarships. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of contacts. 
and uh, a lot of guys that I've been with for years, and a lot of coaches, and, and those contacts really came handy this year working with ESPN. I mean, I had an opportunity to get Tom Izzo and Fran McCaffrey and Bruce Pearl, and the list goes on. Uh, you know, Musselman, just so many guys on the radio with ESPN, and they really appreciated that um, because they had those connections. And I can remember the WCC tournament, which was the last basketball tournament that was played before the Corona pandemic hit. Um, we had Andy Katz on. Uh, we had him live at the uh, at stadium. It was great. And then I was going to be doing a, a show from the Westgate Casino for, through, during sports uh, during March Madness. And unfortunately, that didn't go. And that was kind of a bummer for me because I was excited to be able to do that and talk about college basketball and March Madness and all the things. And so, um, so that whole show has been just a a great release for me. It gives me an opportunity to do something different, something fun. And uh, people can see that I'm a regular guy. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things that are important to me. And cooking has been something I've always enjoyed doing. I probably cooked a lot differently. I didn't cook a lot of keto things back in the day. I was cooking more pizza and pasta and, <laughs> and things, that were, things yeah. that were my tradition of being Italian. So, uh, but it's been fun. It's been a fun little deal. And I'm glad I can make people smile and maybe people lose weight. I've had a couple of people comment that they've tried some of my stuff and have loved it. And I will continually do that as long as I have the time to. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, I've watched a couple of the videos and they definitely made me smile. Um, you definitely want to have fun with people. And I love how, you know, you always find a way to bring value, whether it's, you know, through basketball, through coaching or through cooking. Um, so I appreciate that. I, I need something though that that's going to help me put on weight, not lose weight, because I'm still too skinny, Coach. I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I got I got to gain some weight. Well, that's a, that's a good part of the spectrum to be on. To be honest with you, you don't want to deal with always being, you know. But hey, there's more to me a hug. You know, there's more to me a hug and and do those things. But you know, as a coach, a lot of coaches have uh, you know reputations for for things that aren't always positive. Mm-hmm. And I you there's no better role model and and as you're a young coach you got to do it for the right reasons if you get into college basketball you need to do it for the right reasons you need to do it because you love people and that you love seeing people develop and young men develop and you could change guys lives i mean i've got so many stories of guys whose lives have changed and uh, i had one player that played for me at assumption college that named his son after me and wow. when you have something like that, you have that feeling, or you have players calling you and telling you um, that their son wants to play for you. Um, that's an unbelievable feeling because I'm at that age now where, you know, my, my former players have kids old enough to play for mm-hmm. me. Um, or being there when the phone rings and my point guard years ago, uh, his son died. Um, he just died recently. Um, he was a, um, a scholarship football player at Washington State, and he tragically died. And to have him call me and ask me to, to talk with him and just counsel and, and just be there by his side, even though it's on the phone. Um, there's so many great things you can do with former players. And that's the rewarding part for me. Um, I feel like I went into this profession for the right reasons. I still feel like I got a lot of people that I can touch and change. And I think that um, that'll happen. So if you're a coach, you got to be there for the right reasons. And you made a comment about coaches grinding and being up all night. You know, I was that guy too. You don't want to leave the office till the head coach leaves. You don't want to be, you want to be there before he gets there. And uh, that's all great. But doing the right things in the office was important. It's not all about the time. It's about making your time effective and doing the things that you need to do and being on point. And then when you're at, when you're at these clinics and stuff, watching uh, players or these tournaments, watching players, 
You know, you're not there to socialize. You're there to evaluate. You know, there's guys out there in that court that you're there to evaluate. And if you become a good evaluator and you're a good recruiter, you're going to get noticed. Um, you don't have to worry about the X's and O's. That's what your head coach is there for. But mm -hmm. as a young assistant trying to move in the profession, you got to take care of the little things. And one of the most important little things is, is recruiting and recruiting the right way. And when you recruit a young man, get to know their family, get to know what they're all about, get to know their background. The very first call I make, I don't want to give away all my tips, but the very first call I make when I recruit a kid is to the parents asking permission to recruit their son. I think that's so important. And I pick up the phone and say, well, when can I call him? You know, when is a good time to text them? So they feel like they're a part of it. Because too often, kids don't even hear, um, parents don't even hear from the coaches. Um, that's one of the things that I've always believed in. And I think that young coaches need to do that. And then the other thing is when you're recruiting a young man and you want to get a real feel, every coach is a salesman. Every single coach can sell, no matter what school you're at. When I was at Angelo State, I thought that was Duke. I mean, when I was at Assumption, I thought that was Kentucky. You're going to love the school you're at. But when you're talking to parents and they want to get a good feel for who you are and what you represent, hand them a, hand them a roster of your team with all the phone numbers of the parents that are on that roster. And let them call your best player. Most times the best player, his parents, are going to have great things to say about you. How about the guy that doesn't play? How about mm -hmm. the guy that sits on the bench? What are their parents saying about you? I never had any reservations in doing that. I thought that was something that showed my character and who I was and what I was about. And you're going to come trust your son with me for four years. You know, you might have a chemistry teacher for a semester, but you have me for four years. Well, don't you want yeah. your son around somebody that's a good role model? Just like when my son was being recruited or my daughter was being recruited, I made sure that I talked to the coaches to know exactly what they were all about. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to say that both my kids uh, that played college athletics um, play at Christian schools um, and they're around good coaches. So I think those things are important. I could go on forever. I know I like to talk, but the biggest thing is I want to give back. And just yeah. doing this, this, uh, this breakfast here with you, uh, Andrew, is important to me because I want to give back as much as I can, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the players. The game has been good to me, and I want to be able to give back as much as I can um, and, and leave a legacy and leave something that when I, when I leave this earth, that I left a legacy here and I made things better. And uh, especially with the times we're going through right now, it's just um, horrible to yeah. see uh, all these protests and, and the way people are treated. And, you know, I'll never know what it's like um, to go through a situation like that. But I'll tell you, it can't be pleasant. And, and uh, one of the things we got to always remember is God created everybody equal. And that's the most important thing. And, and God didn't make any mistakes when he was when he was recruiting us or when he was making us mm -hmm. is what I should say. I'm always thinking basketball, <laughs> but uh, without a doubt, um, God didn't make any mistakes. And no matter what color your skin is, if it's white, blue, green, I don't care what it is. We're all looked at by God in the same way. And, um, you know, he loves us all exactly the same. So for us to have any injustice or treat people in any different way is disgusting. And it's just really sad. And, and to see that happen in Minneapolis, the city that I really love, yeah. um, city that was so good to me. And my son actually lives in Minneapolis. He works in downtown Minneapolis. And uh, it's really sad, but it's good to see some college basketball coaches come out and write some great stuff because they're so well looked at. You know, everybody knows who Tom Izzo is or John Calipari had a really good blog yesterday. Those things are important because uh, those are people that really have made an impact on uh, young men's lives as well.
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Coach. I know it has been a tough couple days or a few days this last week, and I know this is the first time stuff has happened. So just hearing those words of encouragement again are so true. Just treating everyone the same and and loving people. God says, love your neighbor as yourself, and there's no, you know, uh, you know, it's unconditionally. So I appreciate you taking time, Coach. I know you've made an impact on my life. I'm really excited to, you know, I'm glad to hear that you're getting back into coaching. Because uh, I know you're going to have a, many more lives to impact. But thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Awesome. Thank you. And anytime, I'm always here for you. Just maybe a little later next time. I'm just <laughs> I hear have you. Have a great day. All I right. appreciate it, Coach G. Bye-bye.